There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. Maya Angelou. Somewhere in this episode, a butcher, <laughs> this Maya Angelou quote, but the spirit is there and what I mean is there. And this Maya Angelou, this Maya Angelou quote is one of my mantras, one of my reminders whenever I feel like I'm about to engage in, com- in a conversation that is going to be uncomfortable in a conversation that is going to bother, to rattle, to entice, or that could be misconstrued. And I think the agony is greater if I do not engage in this life-changing conversation. May 21st, 2020 is World Day for Cultural Diversity for Dialogue and Development. In observance of this day, I hosted a panel of four guests, two intercultural, interreligious, interracial couples who sat down with me and talked self-development, diversity, inclusion, our personal relationships to our communities, a little bit of grief and a little bit of widowhood. You've made it to the very last installment of our podcast series, Life Diverse, with Randy Vieru and her husband, Alex Vieru from Gabon and Moldova, Julian Sador and his girlfriend, Carla Montesinos. Julian is multicultural, Russian descent, Jewish, African-American, and Japanese, and his beautiful girlfriend from Mexico. This episode is called Depths, and my guests answer a question that I would never say yes to answering if it was surprisingly dropped on me. When they received their questionnaire, I purposely left out the question, how would you grieve the person you're sitting next to at this moment. I wanted you guys to have the most genuine, heartfelt, honest answer if they were willing. And I want to say again, (laughs) thank you for answering that. They also share with me what they believe the most appropriate time to have a conversation like that is. I asked them in what way their lives or their relationship will save the world. The answer that comes back is, I don't see myself as a hero. Understanding the value in a story, yet not claiming to be a hero. I am forever changed for the last five episodes that I got to share with you. If you did not get a chance to hear it, exit this episode and go back to episode 12, Life Diverse Cultivated. We learn what cultivated the person that they are within their own culture and within the culture that we get to share with them and build with them. We got to scramble and synthesize. We got to be challenged emotionally and we got to be challenged emotionally and intellectually from their life story and the conversation of inclusion and diversity in the home that they grew up in and how it's morphed into the life that they live today. We've got a little bit of sugar, a little bit of spice, and we decided to enter on for the marathon that is acceptance, inclusion, 
and learning the stigmas, understanding the power of the stigma on the person that is subject to such stigmas. We just went further in depth into the power of grief, but more importantly, the power of conversation over grief. Current events clearly show that this conversation is a very sensitive conversation. Please pay closest attention to the following opening words. So before we get started, turn up your volume for the reading of the warning label. Warning! Subscribing to this podcast can expose you to segments and conversations about love, loss, physical and emotional abuse, mental health, and resilience. This podcast contains raw and unfiltered thoughts and feelings from a domestic violence surviving widow. The side effects may be unexpected anger, inspiration, self-esteem boost, and laughter so strong you may pee your pants. An open mind and a change of undergarments are suggested, but not required. And if you need to, please consult a therapist before listening. Thanks for joining. Grieving sometimes is easier when you get to do it on your own terms. If you were to mourn the person that you're next to right now, would you want to do it their family style or would you want to do it your own style? Um, I would do it my style because I'm grieving. Like, why am I grieving? I would do it my style. But that's the thing. Again, Alex and I, we met here. It's not like I met him in Moldova or he met me in Gabo. Like, we met here. So we're kind of in this triangle of cultures. Like, what are we supposed to do? Do we do we marry Gabonese style? Do we marry Moldovan style? Do we marry American style? Same thing with, um, like, with grieving or funerals. Like, how do we do it? I think that if I had to grieve Alex, I would do it the way that feels more natural, which is here and whatever he would want to do or what, however he would want to plan it, I would just follow that. But then for my own case, like, I'll remember him. That's my husband for however many years that we would have been together. And I would have pictures. I would have memories. I would have, I would talk about him, like, to our kids and things like that, like to our grandkids, I would, I would just talk about it. I'm not, him dying wouldn't mean that that's it. We don't talk about him. We just care about me and I cry every day. Like, no. And you I would, the same cloth every day for 365 days. Same way. I mean, I'm, I'm not that fashionable. I would get bored very quickly. <laughs> and, and so I, that's how I would do it. Mr. Vieto. We need a rebuttal. Most likely, I would keep it private as much as possible. In a way, in my culture, showing showing signs of grief or crying or just exposing your feelings is a sign of weakness. So. I'm not 100% with it, but I guess in this case, I would just prefer to be with myself and 
Well, I'm saying I'm not 100% with it, but at the same time, it's part of my culture and it's somewhere deep inside me. So, you know, something really bad happens. I really need some time for myself and I don't want to be neither talking about it, neither told what to do with it or how to deal with it. Like, I'll have to figure it out myself. So as far as if mourning, I think I, I would respect in terms of whatever she wanted to do in terms of burial, cremation, however she wanted to to do that and respect her family's wishes as well. Um, but um, kind of like uh, Alexi said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty private on how I grieve and how I deal with emotion. Um, I think I would do the yard seat candle from the Jewish culture and I'd have her picture and we li I'd light a candle on, you know, every year on the day she passed. But um, I think I would be respectful in public in terms of what her family wanted and, and the way to mourn her. But in terms of sharing, I think I take that more from my mom. I don't openly share pain, um, things that are tough for me to get to. I would want time for myself and probably would want time away from her family. I wouldn't want to be around. It's, I'm not somebody who wants to be around like, oh, shower me with love and constantly monitor, monitor me. I, I want to be alone. Um, I want to figure it out by myself. And I'd probably be in, the, in a very, very dark place. I wouldn't want anybody to see me like that. I know that's probably not what Carla wants to hear because she would encourage me to, t to talk about my feelings and, and, sh and share and all that. But um, I'll haunt you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I, would, I want to deal with it um, by myself. Oh, man. Um, I'm kind of weird because, like, I go in stages. I'll probably have a stage where, like, I do need people and I need to pretend like I'm going to be okay. But then in private, I break down. And I'm big on feelings. Like, I cry over everything. So I already know that that would be something I would not take okay, nor would I know how to get back on my feet. I don't know. I think that's that's a very tough question because like when you think about your person, you never think about how is it going to be when I'm not with them? You'd never think about that. So it's like, to me, I don't want to think about how it would be like without Julian. I Like ever. You know, he's the person I talk to every day. He knows everything. He knows all my secrets. He knows like how I order my steak. And I think I can't imagine a world where I don't have that. So I don't think I would take it okay. Would, I don't. Would you Would you make an ofrenda for me? Huh? Would I would you? make you an ofrenda. Yeah. And I put a medium rare steak. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You just got a cookie point. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's so I love that we did this little bit on grieving because at the because I think that sometimes our families think that we're supposed to grieve the way their culture does or the way they do. What I find is that grieving is just like like your fingerprint almost, where it's really your thing. I was married to somebody who had multiple suicide attempts. So I had time to think about what it, you know, like to, in, that, in that moment when you think it's almost over, you kind of, you get that flash of like, <gasps> what is it going to be like, you know, without you? And, and it's one thought, but then it, when it actually happens, it was completely, it was something completely different. I knew that I'd be devastated because that's just the normal, like, devastated now however devastated expresses itself it was always something different and the expectations changed every moment every year 
it's a tough conversation to have when your person is next to you. Because like I said, sometimes when you bring out death, you're like, I'm not wishing that you're gone, but it's okay to, you know, it's okay to, to, to look at someone and say, I'm going to respect your family's wishes, or I'm going to mourn like we do, you know, in my culture. And because I think that if you've already had that conversation with the person that's next to you, which I think I missed out on that conversation a lot, uh, or that conversation was more like, no, please don't do it. I don't know what I do. Please don't do it very selfishly. Right. Because in that moment, it's, it's hard when, when somebody wants to go in that moment, it's hard for you to say, but what would you like? It's more like, mm -hmm. please don't do it. I can't do this. Um, in that whole time where I felt offended, lost out of it, I looked around and I'm like, damn, there's all these Marine bikers over here. Like, that's what you would have wanted. Like, I'm going to go to the bar and have me a fucking makers and ginger because that's what you would have had. I'm going to have a ball. I'm going to be a social butterfly because that's what you would have had. And then, because that day is yours. And then for the rest of my life, that's mine. And that's when I get to be alone and reserved and be mad and be happy and have my mood swings and all these crazy things. It would have been easier, I think. It may not be true, but going through my grief, knowing that when my spouse was alive, we had a conversation where he said to me, that's how you grieve? That's cool. Do that having that consent before it even ever happened would have made grieving so much easier because then you don't ask yourself, am I doing your memory justice? And not like weird things like don't marry somebody else. That one thing I taught you in bed, don't teach nobody else kind of thing. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, I will, you know, every, every birthday, I will have a ruination 2.0 IPA because that matters, you know? Um, and then the first day that I go to visit his grave, because I've never been there, don't judge me, that's another episode. The first day that I go to visit his grave, I will wear that bright yellow dress that he, and that's the only thing we ever talked about when it comes to death, is I want you to wear a bright yellow dress because that's my color on you. And so the day that I go to visit his grave, that's what I'll do. But then the rest of the time, I choose to do grief on my own terms because I ultimately think that's the right thing to do. And that defies any culture, any religion, just fucking do it the way you feel it. Because at the end of the day, when you say bye to everybody and you close your phone and you close your eyes, it's just you there. Um, so there's that. Did you, do you think that we're too young to have this conversation? Or do you, see, do, you, do you share the same idea as me where there is value in this conversation? Oof. Um, <laughs> I guess you're never too young. Um, and I think what it kind of reminds me of is, or makes me think of, I rather, is why don't we have that conversation more? Because tomorrow's not promised. I mean, given what's going on in the world right now with the current pandemic, you know, it's something that we think as, as young adults, why, why do I need to have a conversation with my significant other about how they grieve, how they move on, what I'd even like them to do um, would I like them to, to, to stay single for a year would I like them to stay single for 10 years um, would I want them to immediately date and, and go out and, and hang with their friends but it's not something that you think about having uh, not a conversation you think about having at this age because death is not something in the forefront of um, my mind but maybe maybe it is something that, that people should talk about more and I feel, Ludi, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's, it's so taboo that, and uncomfortable that you just don't talk about it. Um, but I think you started a conversation that I hope Carla and I will continue. 
I think it's good to have this conversation, but have the, like, had we not been here, Julian and I wouldn't have had this conversation. Only because we are not in an age where I don't think I'm going to die tomorrow. I don't think about that. You don't think like that. So I think I would like to have this conversation with Julian when we're 95. Can you turn and we're on the- old. But it's true. I mean, just like Julian said, it's something that maybe we should continue talking about because it's important to understand how we would do things differently, what we would do the same. But I mean, I've learned a lot from him today. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> Do the viewers want to chime in? I thought when we first asked the question about grief and how would you like to grieve, I thought that was a weird question. Like, why would I even think about it? And then we said there are going to be no taboo, so we, you know, it's a question I can answer. It's no problem. And then later on, when you were talking about, um, well, the point that really touched me was, were you doubting if are you doing it good enough? Like, are you paying the respect that he deserves? And and I caught myself thinking, like, well, that's why you should have this conversation. Like, I, I see Randy being that person. You know, for example, if I was gone and she would she would just go around like, oh, did I do this right? Or did I do that right? Like, And I think it's important to have a conversation and like talk about it and explain that um, it doesn't matter that much, really. It's gonna be about her. It's gonna be her life to live after that. So she can do it her way, just the way you do it. And I think this is the best way to do it. Instead of killing yourself, we said self-doubt. And it's not gonna happen unless you have this approval from your spouse or from your um, significant other. So that's why I believe this this conversation is important. And we definitely talked about death with Randy before it's just we didn't talk from this perspective we didn't talk about grief and like what would be normal and what would be expected from her in case if this happens and I want to say now I don't have expectations like it's not going to be about me anymore I guess <laughs> man this thing <laughs> makes me sad <laughs> like just talking about it I'm sorry yeah. I think that it's always good to talk about it I I've said it before <laughs> because you want to be prepared and it's nothing i think that when you do talk about it then you are prepared and you don't have these questions and it's a not easier it's a lot more simple to grieve or to focus on yourself because you're not wondering and like thinking about other things except for the other person so i think that it's a good uh conversation to have and like you said about the yellow dress like it's not it doesn't have to be grim like there's paperwork involved with death and just like any other contract you need to make sure that it is in place and it's ready to go but then also you have the other side which is the emotional part and you want to talk about it you want to say you know a lot of what i've been hearing in the past year or so is like you want to give people their flowers while they're alive and you want to say that when you're having these conversations, it's like, I'm going to miss this and I really appreciate it. And I can't wait for us to make more memories so that I can think about it in case you pass away prematurely. Like I appreciate what we've done so far and I can't wait for the rest. 
so that if they do pass away, you're not thinking, man, I wish I did, I would have said this. I wish I would have done that. You know that that person is gone and they know how you feel and they know that they were the best thing that ever happened to you. So I think that with Alex, like we try to keep each other, you know, give each other points every now and then, even though sometimes you forget about it because you're with the other person 24 hours a day. But um, another thing that we were talking about, Alex and I, is that like Julian was saying, tomorrow is not promised. So it's not really an age conversation. You can't be too young to have this conversation. You want to have the conversation so that if it happens tomorrow, unfortunately, you're sort of kind of ready. But then if it happens in 80 years, you're like, man, that was a good life we had. You know, we're, we, we did what we could. We did what we wanted. And it was the best of it. And I wouldn't have done it any other way with anybody else. So I think that just being prepared is a good thing. Not wishing anything on the other person is just being prepared. It's one of those things that happen in life. Everybody dies. So it's, it's up to us to see it in the good light instead of just being that selfish and being like, well, they're gone. I'm, I'm all about myself and all that. So. And I love all of your insight on this. Thank you. This is the very last episode of a five-part series on culture, uh, cultural diversity and inclusion with Alexa Vieru, Julian Sater, Carla Montesinos, and my sister, Randy Vieru. Thank you again so much for having joined me. This has been the most humbling experience. I love it. You guys are incredible people. I think that anybody else who's listening and who, doesn't know, who does not know you personally is really missing out. They need to go follow you on Instagram and find out who the hell you actually are because y'all, y'all, y'all real big deals. And <laughs> I am so blessed to have real ass big deals in my fucking life because if you're gonna go, if you're gonna do widowhood, if you're gonna do grief, as crazy and confusing as it is, if you do not have one of a kind human beings like you guys with such very specific perspective like that for the different days, because grief is this different a different thing four days in a row and some days i need julian some days i need carla other days i need randy and on the last day it's only an alex day that's just how grief is every day all the time while it's very unique and it's very specific to your own experience it is still moving like that it's so fucking organic and stupid um but it's just what you need in your life and these perspectives matter even for the people who think that their grief is very quiet because sometimes what it is and and people call it god wings for god nods what it is is where um whoever whatever the highest spirit the the highest spirit or whatever the the spirit or the the force that you believe carries you and and takes care of you and holds you whether a loved one or god or the entity that you believe in they will show up in your life through people and give you keys and answers through conversations like this or just leading by example and watching somebody else do or just being in the right space with the right people so i'm forever blessed to have that to experience that with you guys as often as i do what makes a widow richer is to have friends like you guys i think that in your cultural diversity in your religious diversity you save the world every day i always think that the world is as as big as i can extend my head so if i can touch you you are the world and you are my life um And I think that I changed the world by making my story as easy as what are you having for breakfast? 
and I will continue to do that. I will continue to shatter ceilings if they're there. Um, they're not glass ceilings. They're fake ceilings or imaginary ceilings. That's what I realize every day because you're thinking that you're going to go and hurt someone and hurt yourself. But what, we, what you're really doing is hurting yourself on the inside. Maya Angelou says that there's no greater agony than having a story inside of you that you can't tell. You, I read that quote and it rattles my, my entire spirit because there's no quote more true. Um, so in what way do you believe your relationship will save lives? And I want you to answer that as it comes to your heart. If I can go emphasis on, go a little bit deeper on that, because saving a life is not just like holding someone and say, don't pull the trigger. But sometimes there are things about your, there are things about you that you don't realize is going to change some, change somebody else's life. Okay. So Julian was really stressed and he was in a transition. And so it was like a patch in your hair and you, and we had a conversation about alopecia. And I don't think that in, I don't think that I'm like this crazy guru, but I was the person in his life who understood hair loss. And I looked at him and I was like, I know you, I'm like, let me tell you something. You're so stressed. This is a big deal for you. You're moving. You're, you're going to be in this long distance relationship. There's so many questions around your situations right now. And that is, that is a symptom of that. I have alopecia. You just stress and you're going to go be a great news anchor. Bye. Get off my driveway. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. And so in looking at you guys, how I can tell you, Alex, for example, how you've changed my life and how you saved my life two different ways. You saved my life because without you as a connection, I would have been stuck in Illinois and I may have died the same, the same day my spouse died right? Because, because I had you as a connection, there was somebody you knew in Illinois who was able to physically take me and bring me home. That's one way. But another way that you saved my life is I was whining like a baby one day and you were like, okay, okay, Lidwin, I'm trying, trying to do your accent. <laughs> <laughs> what do you care about that? What do you care about? You spend a lot of time whining right now. I mean, it's fine if you want to whine, but can we talk about a solution? You're wasting all this time, all this time wasted on whining. Could we have found a solution by then? And that's life-saving because if I apply what you said to, to me that day to every time I freak out and cry, you've saved my life. I think the best, the best we can do is be an example. And I just, I don't know in terms of saving lives, but I know that... <clears throat> someone may have questions about it like is it okay for example being an interracial relationship or being moldovan and having a black girl or a black wife even though your people your parents probably never seen black people in their lives or i think it doesn't doesn't matter much i think it's more important the connection between you and your um significant other and uh, I want to be I want to be uh, an example of it, a good example of it, and showing in everything that I do that it's not as important the skin color or the where you're coming from. It's more important like what do you do with it, or like how you like what do you do about your relationship. So, for example, before you asking us to come on this panel, I didn't put much thought into it at all. 
and now I'm thinking like you know you're asking questions like what's the toughest thing or like and then I can bring up so many things and I can think of so many issues that we have with Randy and I can blame for all of it I can blame the thing that we're interracial or intercultural from different sides of the world and that's why we're not that's why we're having these issues and actually actually it's probably somewhere deep inside and then we can try and figure it out and then probably like people who are in the same race they still have the same issues so it's it's not it's what i'm trying to say is not such a big of a difference when uh when it comes to day-to-day life at the end of the day i have to take care and love my wife and it doesn't really matter i would have to do the same if she was um Moldovan or if she was white or she was from anywhere else. I know if this answered anyhow what you asked, but it's always if that's the, the best way you could save lives or I would save lives. So I don't see myself much of a hero, but um I think it's just be there for people, be there for their story, listen to them. You know, don't judge. And I think just being there and listening to someone when they need it the most, I think that could save their life because you don't know what they're going through, but just taking that moment, hearing their story and letting them, you know, speak on it. And I think I could be that person for someone. You are until you drop a chicken nugget with ketchup on their white carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just feed me chicken nuggets and I'll listen to you. (laughs) So I think that I like saying the things that sometimes when it doesn't have to do with family, I like to say the things that people are thinking but don't want to talk about. And I think that it kind of takes off a load a lot of the times. And I like to listen, but I also, I'm kind of half and half between Carla and Alex and it's like I want to listen but at the same time it's like what are you doing about it just do what you need to do because a lot of people are scared and don't really have the the support that they need in a lot of things and I can relate to that and I think that um, I was able to get support from Alex and from some part some people from my family to get through certain situations that I didn't think I would get through and they saved my life and I think that just being a voice for those who feel helpless and who think that that's just it like they're just stuck in their situation I always want to come up with solutions so um I think that that's that I got from Alex so he saved my life so I think that's a way that from our relationship we can save more lives. What I was going to say is, one, Ludi, no, you helped me tremendously with alopecia. Um, that was something I never thought. And, like, just having somebody to, to talk talk with and to kind of walk me through it um, was huge. So thank you. Um, because no, <laughs> something I never expected to deal with in my life, but having somebody who had experience with it was um, such a big help. But as far as what, what I can do... Um, to save lives, uh, I kind of feel like the same as everybody else. That I don't know if it saves lives, but I feel like what I can do is is continue to try to advance in my job, continue to be um, an example 
for other kids who may show up at the cafeteria with a, you know, a bento box and not know where to sit because they don't fit in with anybody, that you, you don't have to fit in with anybody. You can just be yourself and, and you can love somebody from a different culture. And you know, it's okay that you may not speak their language, but you can kind of pave your own way. It's okay to be different. Um, and you, know, you have to look at it that way. It's okay to just be yourself. And I think by, by having these conversations, like the ones we're having today that you've put on, which is an amazing topic, um, by being in a, in a relationship like this, like we're living examples. So I think the best way that I can save lives is just to continue to live my life in a way um, that's open and, and to be able to talk about it so that my experiences can maybe make somebody else feel like they're not alone. I love that. Thanks, guys. It, it's so perfect. And I think that is how that is how you change the world. And that is how you save lives by um, being able to listen by having the conversation and saying out loud, what other people don't want to say out loud, by being able to say, hey, I've been there. I'm also bento box kid, we can talk about it. And, <laughs> and then, and to close on what Alex said, to just understand that in spite of your culture, you are going, you know, tough time, a tough time is a tough time. We can't just put it up to because I'm different or because I'm from another culture, but let's dig deeper. Let's go what, what's rooted there and let's talk about that. So thank you so much. I close out all of my podcasts by saying we'll talk later, okay? And so on the count of three, we'll say it at the same time. One, two, three. We'll talk, we'll we'll talk, talk later. later okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's episode 12, part one, two, three, four, five. I love you. Love you. <laughs> Grief is universal. We can't run away from it. It manifests itself in many ways. It manifests itself in change, in loss, and in many other ways that I'm not listing at this time. The world grieving, the, the word devastated. No matter how it expresses itself, it is okay for it to happen on your own terms. Alex and I agreed that the question of wondering whether or not you're doing someone's memory justice is a big deal. But what if you knew before they had to go? And it doesn't mean they're leaving today. It doesn't mean they're leaving tomorrow. It just means that they're leaving you with that peace of mind. The day that we got together to record this episode the world was as we knew it. Nothing had changed. A week passed and I looked forward to a week passed and I looked forward to starting the series. I was counting down to June 29th, 2020, thinking, oh man, I can't wait to share this story, this this beautiful conversation, inclusion, diversity, interracial dating, grief, widowhood, just just a cocktail of taboo with a cocktail of diversity on the panel. It'll be so beautiful. And even then, it was a sensitive conversation. Then on May 26, 2020, life and the world took a different turn. And I questioned myself, do I want to have this conversation now? And after a lot of reflection, a lot of prayer, I decided to share these five episodes with you in spite of fear. I do hope that somewhere in this questionnaire that does not cover absolutely everything, you recognize yourself 
and that it's opened your heart to a different perspective and that it's allowed you to be kinder to yourself for the times that you were blind to the new perspective that you're excited to embrace. This has been an incredible journey from episode one to today. Your Friendly Neighborhood Widows podcast will take a break until June 23rd, 2020. This will allow me the time to process the current situation in America. The million lenses in and out of focus. It'll allow me to come closer to the people who need closeness. It'll allow me to discern the noise, the distraction from the truth. It'll help me dissipate the pain in my heart the rage on my brain from the love from above. I invite you to do the same. If you've enjoyed this series, be sure to share the link with a friend. While new episodes will not be available, I will continue the journal and continue to be active at your friendly neighborhood widow on Instagram. Check the link in my bio for any new updates. I pray for enlightenment and for appeasing of every heart. That God's will be done on earth as he intended this entire time. I invite you to join me in prayer and good thoughts from the comfort of your own beliefs. I look forward to being back with you on June 23rd, 2020 for more conversations on love, loss, grief, domestic violence, mental health, and resilience. I'm Dwayne. I'm your friendly neighborhood widow. We'll talk later, okay?